Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionists and dietitians from Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We explain the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned for practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through real food nutrition. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Looking for fun. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. This show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company that brings you life-changing information every week. And we do that in a variety of ways. Of course, we have this program, Dishing Up Nutrition. But did you know we also have blog posts on our website at weightandwellness.com? We have great classes that we teach at our office locations and at other areas on site throughout the Minneapolis-St. Paul area. We also have great online classes for those of you who live out of the area or are just too busy to make it to an in-house class. I know many of you are aware we do individual consultations, either in person or via Skype or by phone, whatever works best for you. And my personal favorite, you can take us with you anywhere and listen to all of our past Dishing Up Nutrition programs by accessing our podcasts either through iTunes or with the free Dishing Up Nutrition app. And we're never pushing a book or trying to sell you a gadget. We come on the air every week simply to educate you on the power of eating real food. Our motto is Real Food Matters. And remember, this Dishing Up Nutrition show, it's free. We don't charge you. You don't need health insurance to listen and learn. Pretty good deal if you ask me. If you haven't recognized my voice yet, I'm Cassie Weenus, registered and licensed dietitian, and I'm pleased to welcome you all to the show today. Co-hosting with me today is Carolyn Hudson, who's been a registered and licensed dietitian for over 30 years. So really, between the two of us, there's a lot of life experience and nutrition knowledge in the studio today. Absolutely. (laughs) I would also like to welcome you to the show today because I think we will be speaking to a very large majority of people today because we're talking about prediabetes the entire hour. So here's a question for you. How many of you, our listeners out there, have had a recent checkup at your primary doctor and have been told, "Uh uh-oh, your glucose numbers are a little high. In fact, you may have been told your numbers are in that pre-diabetes range. That should be (laughs) a little scary for you, right? Because certainly you don't want to have that full-blown diabetes and then oh, have to take meds or insulin. So if you are in a place where you can look up your latest glucose numbers, in other words, your blood sugar numbers from your most recent lab reports, we can help you understand what those numbers actually mean. The glucose number on your lab printout is your fasting glucose or your fasting blood sugar. And this should be done after you've fasted for 12 hours. It simply measures the amount of sugar in your blood. Now, a normal fasting glucose number should be lower than 100 milligrams per deciliter. Lower than 100. If you have a number between 100 and 125, that's an indicator for prediabetes. 
Yeah, and if you are in that pre-diabetes range, you're certainly not alone out there because it's estimated that more than one out of three, or get this, 84 million American adults have pre-diabetes. So to get a more accurate measurement of your blood sugar levels, your doctor may have ordered an A1C test. Uh, That's a hemoglobin A1C test, and that's used to measure the glucose in your blood uh, for the past two to three months. So the A1C test can give you a much more accurate measurement of how well you've been managing your glucose levels, because it's not based on just a single measurement. You know, so an A1C of 5.7 to 6.4 is considered pre-diabetes. A number of 6.5 or higher is considered diabetes. So let me just say that again. So an A1C of 5.7 to 6.4 is pre-diabetes and 6.5 or higher is considered diabetes. So when we try to help our clients um, get their numbers uh, below 5.7, 5.7. We that's what we always want to do, right, goal. Cassie? Yeah. So it, uh, if we're able, and I would say we're pretty darn successful at helping our clients, yeah, get those numbers down. Get it may them. take a while if they've been pre-diabetic or even full-blown diabetes. diabetes, but it usually does come down. Yes. So yes. Um, So I think that we are quite successful at at helping all of our clients alter those A1C numbers and that if we can get it down to that 5.6 or 5.5 or even 5, we are definitely winning that war on diabetes. Definitely. And, you know, I bet there are some listeners out there thinking, okay, but why is the doctor so concerned about my blood sugar number? Or why should all of us be so concerned when we have those higher blood sugar or sometimes we call them blood glucose numbers? Well, we want to give you some reasons behind why you should be so concerned because I believe if we we give you this research, that's going to be the motivating factor to really make some changes. And certainly today, Carolyn and I will be giving you some food ideas to make some changes in those numbers. But first, we have some research-based information for you. First of all, several research studies have found that having large fluctuating blood sugar levels, you know how the standard American eats and the blood sugar Mm. spikes. That roller coaster. That roller coaster. Then (laughs) it plummets, then they have cravings and it spikes again. The research is finding that if you have those large fluctuating blood sugar levels, this is a major contributor to neurological damage. Yeah. In fact, 10 years ago in 2008, an article was published in the Journal of Diabetes Science and Technology. That article was called Alzheimer's Disease Type 3 Diabetes. I can't believe that's been 10 years already that we've been calling Alzheimer's Type 3 Diabetes. Right. But and yet I bet that's new for some listeners. Oh, I'm sure it is. Type 3 Diabetes. So. If you or a friend or a family member is struggling with memory problems, it may be a result of fluctuating blood sugar levels. So what can cause those uh, fluctuating blood sugar levels? Here's one example. 
of how many people start their day. They skip breakfast. And then they grab a coffee with a big, beautiful blueberry muffin thinking, oh, it's got blueberries in it. It's got to be good for me, right? (laughs) So this muffin has to be great for me. Not so much. The muffin, which looks healthy, has over 50 grams of carb. And that carb, that turns into 12 to 14 teaspoons of sugar in your bloodstream. So some of those muffins might even have more carbs and more sugar. And they don't even really have, some of them don't even have 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 real blueberries in them. Yeah. Fake blueberries and a lot of sugar, you know, and I think to visualize that, would you ever stop and spoon 12 spoonfuls of sugar down your throat in the morning and Mm, think, oh, great, started my day good. Yeah. But like you said, Carolyn, sometimes because it's a blueberry muffin, you fool yourself into thinking that was a good start, but up spikes your blood sugar. Exactly. And and so you eat that blueberry muffin, you know, and not to mention the caffeine with it drives your blood sugar up higher and faster than it would have gone otherwise. And so now you have that sky high blood sugar. And I've heard these stories from clients before. A lot of times then because they had that muffin and coffee, they don't stop for lunch. But then maybe one or two o'clock rolls around and you think, boy, I'm getting really hungry. So you think I'll have a late lunch because at that point, your blood sugar is rock bottom. So your body is telling you grab for something that's going to turn to sugar. And, you know, a lot of people, when they have that rock bottom blood sugar, they will feel tired. Some people get sort of spacey and have sort of this brain fog. These up and down blood sugars can lead to memory problems and Alzheimer's disease. And we're going to talk more about other complications of fluctuating blood sugars on the other side of break. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Before we go to break, I want to let you know, some of you know this already, but I bet many do not. This past Monday, June 18th, 2018, was a very exciting and historic day, really, for all nutritionists, dietitians, and Really, anybody who wants to eat healthy because the FDA is helping us by banning the use of trans fats in processed foods. Again, this became effective June 18th, 2018. Now, at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we've been teaching about the harmful effects of trans fats for the past 25 years. And we've been sharing that information with all of you, our listeners here on Dishing Up Nutrition, since the show started 14 years ago. Now, finally, trans fats will no longer be in the human food supply. Partially hydrogenated fats should no longer appear in those food ingredient lists. And this truly is a victory for all of the nutrition researchers who discovered the harmful effects of trans fats. And get this, it's estimated that there will be a 30% reduction of heart disease by this simple removal of trans fats from all processed foods. That deserves a round of applause. And if you have questions for us regarding prediabetes, you can call us here at the studio at 651-641-1071. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. Now that those trans fats have been banned from the human uh, food sources, we still want our listeners to look to using healthy fats. And we like to keep it really, really simple. Cooking butter, 
coconut oil or ghee, lard, bacon grease, and duck fat. Duck fat's used in a lot of those really upscale um, restaurants, so that's okay. But I don't have that one in my kitchen. (laughs) No, I keep it simple, too. (laughs) Yeah. So we tell our clients to please use olive oil or avocado oil, but you should not be cooking high heat with those. They should be low, low heat uh, because and maybe you should just use those more for the salad dressings. And stay away from still kind of those processed or factory type fats. Okay, so the refined oils like corn oil, soybean oil, canola oil, and cottonseed oil, those have all been refined. So they do a, you know, they're heavily processed. And some of them, well, almost all of them have some residual chemicals still in them because of that processing, right? Yes, yes. And then, we, I mean, this is a whole nother show, but that cottonseed oil, as you know, because cotton is not a food, so it can really get sprayed heavily more heavily than foods but then they extract the oil and wanting to make use of every part they use it in in processed foods so that one of all of those four oils you just mentioned carolyn has a lot of pesticide and chemical residue Mm -hmm. because at the start it was never intended for human consumption when right that i don't even think of oil Right. Cotton? Cotton? Oil? I don't Cotton know. Cotton is my shirt. Not, <laughs> yeah, not, Cotton's my shirt. Right. That's my clothes. That's my dress today. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, so I think when you're eating that stack of pancakes for breakfast or drinking sodas throughout the day or eating pizza for dinner or eating a piece of leftover sheet cake loaded with frosting or... Like I was just talking before the show, how I walked in, uh, was on my dad one day and he had the whole gallon of ice cream and he's eating out of right it. out of the bucket. <laughs> and he it, goes, Oh my gosh, you caught me. And he says, at least it wasn't your mother. <laughs> <laughs> Cause then he really would then have been be in, in trouble. trouble. Right. I said, dad, can I get you something, you know, nutritious to eat? Oh, no, no, I'm full now. So what did that <laughs> do to his blood sugars? They Shoot, were like, that spiked down. his blood sugar sky high. And that one might be more obvious for some people that eating out of the gallon <laughs> bucket of ice cream is is a boatload of sugar for your body. But I bet some people didn't know that pizza right. turns to a ton of sugar or that those pancakes Right, exactly. So we totally forget about that connection between high blood sugar and the possibility of future health problems. You know, uh, research really has found that there's a very solid connection to high blood sugar levels and heart disease, stroke, kidney disease. But also, did you realize there's also connection between high blood sugar and cataracts and glaucoma and even retinopathy? So, of course, we need to mention the connection, get back to that neuropathy that we were talking about, neuropathy of the feet. That's a big one in diabetes. So high blood sugar levels damage our nerves. So we always recommend to our clients that it's best to eat real food at home, skip drinking that juice and pop and substitute it. Much better to have nuts. Uh, than those chips. If you want something crunchy, <laughs> exactly. And replace that bread and pasta with vegetables. 
tastes so much better too, oh, yeah. doesn't it? I mean, once I gave up the bread and the pasta and switched to vegetables, I would never want to go back because the vegetables have more flavor, more texture, mm-hmm. not to mention all the nutrition. And something else, Carolyn, that we should mention is that the good, healthy fats like butter and olive oil, nuts and seeds, avocados, my favorite, which is coconut oil. These healthy fats do not raise your blood sugar levels. Oh, yeah, that's really important. That is important. And what's maybe even more important is that not only do they not raise your blood sugar levels, you need those healthy fats every time you eat to help stabilize your blood sugar levels and keep them even keel. So really, we're giving you the green light to eat these healthy, beneficial fats Mm -hmm. with every meal and every snack. Yeah, so if you want to avoid type 2 diabetes and get your pre-diabetes under control um, and and hopefully totally into remission, we say you need to change your nutrition to change your blood sugar numbers. Now, as dietitians and nutritionists, we realize certain medications such as prednisone or many of the medications for high blood pre- pressure can actually raise your blood sugar numbers. And I don't think a lot of people know that, you know, so I think that's another important point. However, if you put in your mouth, what you put in your mouth, sorry, is the biggest factor. So we really want to watch what we're eating. Yes. And before we talk a little bit more specifically about some food choices that you can make in order to change your nutrition, to change your blood sugar numbers, as Carolyn said, I want to help the listeners understand the blood sugar connection to health problems a little more in depth. So we've talked about some of these health problems already on the show. Certainly over our 14 years of being on the air with this program, we've talked about these health problems. A good doctor will remind their patients of these health risks and research after research study confirms the health problems associated with high blood sugar levels. So it's real. We know there is a connection. And because this is such an important message, I just want to say it again, that statistic that Carolyn gave when we opened the show. Today, 84 million people have prediabetes. That's about one out of every three people. So if you're in a crowd of people right now, count out Mm -hmm. one, two, three, one, two, three, about every third person has prediabetes. And you know what I read last night, Carolyn, as I was reading up on this, it was on the Centers for Disease Control website, about 90% of the people with prediabetes don't know that they have it. Oh, wow, that's high. That's high. So get your blood sugars tested. I think part of that is maybe they're not going to the doctor and getting those numbers, but I don't think the doctor is always telling them Right. Until it gets into the diabetic range. And that's so sad. Yeah, it because really is. When, when you're in the pre-diabetes range, it is so fixable. And here's an interesting way to look at pre-diabetes and type 2 diabetes. When I was driving here this morning, all the way from Albertville, Minnesota to St. Paul, I saw several kidney dialysis centers And the question that always comes to my mind as I start noticing these kidney dialysis centers is, why do we have all of these popping up all over the place? I don't remember all these centers, you know, 20 years ago. Well, according to the National Institutes of Health, 14% of Americans have chronic kidney disease. And one half of those people that have chronic kidney disease 
have diabetes. Oh, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Diabetes, that's one of the complications. Diabetes can bring on kidney disease. So again, let's get back to our mantra today of change your nutrition to change your blood sugar levels. Yeah, so let's talk about how those elevated blood sugar levels affect your feet. This is called diabetic neuropathy, and I'm sure some people have heard about it, but there are more than 200,000 cases of neuropathy in the United States today. So diabetic neuropathy is caused from or by the damage to the nerves from those elevated glucose levels. Uh, Simply put, too much sugar in the diet can and often does lead to nerve damage. For And so for our clients, when we come back, probably from break, um, I'd like to paint a picture uh, for them on that. Perfect, perfect. We'll give them a good visual of what is going on when you have diabetic neuropathy. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Excuse me. Before we go to break, though, I just want to say that if anybody out there listening wants to know more about the June 18th, 2018 FDA ruling on trans fats that I mentioned at the start of the show, do check out our blog titled Trans Fats Ban, What's Next? And you can find this on our website at weightandwellness.com. Once you're on that homepage, just click on blog. And we know at Nutritional Weight and Wellness that Dr. Mary Ennig, who was a well-known researcher, she authored many great books, one of which was called Know Your Fats. We know Dr. Ennig would have been so proud of this FDA ruling. She's no longer with us, but she actually called for a ban on trans fats over 40 years ago because she was doing the research that showed how harmful those trans fats are for our health. And Dr. Ennig was largely responsible for getting the labeling of trans fats on foods. And we learned from Dr. Ennig decades ago that fats, good or bad, affect your bone health. You need healthy fats to build healthy bones. And that might be new information for some of you. And if I've piqued your curiosity, tune in next week to Dishing Up Nutrition when Jennifer Schmid and I discuss osteoporosis and bone-building foods. And if you have questions for Carolyn or me regarding pre-diabetes, call us here at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. Do you want to put your type 2 diabetes or pre-diabetes into remission? Do you need to learn and practice eating to control your blood sugars? If you said yes to one or both of these questions, I suggest you take our Nutrition for Weight Loss series. Not just once, but twice. As you know, we've been saying over and over this morning, it takes practice uh, to change those bad eating habits. You know, we most of us have been not eating properly for a long time. It could be up to 30 years or 40. Some people it's 50. And we've been doing that high carb and low fat eating. So if that didn't work for you for weight loss um, or your blood sugar control, why not try something different? So no, no, that's 
that's just not very good for us, right? The low fat and high carb eating. So we want you to try balanced eat, eating and the real food plan. And I'm sure you're going to be really pleased with the results. So call us at 651-699-3438 to get all of your questions answered or to sign up for one of our July Nutrition for Weight Loss series. And before we were before we went to break, we were talking about diabetic neuropathy. And I wanted to paint a picture for our clients so you understand how that slow smothering damage of high blood sugars can cause neuropathy. So the nerves are like a rope. So picture a rope in your mind and that rope is on fire. So for the rope, there's a constant slow burn that's fueled by the air, while the nerve burn is actually fueled by glucose. So that rope, what ends up? It ends up being really charred and weak and splintered. Well, the same thing actually happens to the nerves that go to the feet. So just like the rope, the nerves are splintered and broken. And at this point, the damage is kind of beyond repair. So the result of that elevated blood sugar on your feet is pain and numbness and a lack of stability when walking. That diabetic neuropathy is considered preventative. It's a preventative condition. Again, you have to change your nutrition to change your blood sugar levels. Good picture. I'm such a visual learner. So I hadn't heard that one before of the rope. That gives me a good picture of that diabetic neuropathy. We have a collar. Let's take the collar. And then I have some more um, research I'd like to talk about. But line one, we have Jonathan. Jonathan, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. You had a question for us this morning? Yes, ma'am. Good morning, Miss Stephanie. How are you? Good morning. Good. Good. So question for you, um, since this weekend is a big weekend and a lot of people will be drinking and doing their thing for Pride Weekend, my question to you is how um, alcohol, how does it affect the diabetes pre-condition you know, or if you have diabetes, if you could go into the health conscious part of it to let people know what the, um, I'm having trouble with my words this morning, first time That's ever okay. um if you could figure it out let me know what you think you know with the fluctuation and what that type of thing does we get it oh, yes he, yeah is he still Jonathan? on hey. yeah i'm still oh, here. oh okay okay <laughs> great that really is a great question so how does alcohol affect blood sugar levels um it certainly raises your blood sugar levels and that spike in in your blood sugar, I mean, if you have prediabetes, it's it's probably going to keep you there. It's not going to help get that hemoglobin A1C down. I don't know. Carolyn, did you want to? Yeah, well, I think that all alcohol, really almost no matter what it is, if you're doing, you know, hard alcohol mixed with, um, you know, a pop, pop or something. Or if you're doing um, beer. Or if you're doing beer or even wine. Um, right. That puts you on that kind of roller coaster up and down that we were talking about. Right. So, um, and 
that's what you want to avoid. Obviously, you know, the higher your blood sugars go when you're drinking alcohol, then the lower it will go. And it's just, you know, up and down and up and down. And that's that's going to cause that nerve damage. It's going to cause, you know, all kinds of those complications from diabetes. Okay, well, thanks for for answering my question. I hope you have a safe and happy weekend, and God bless, and have a great day. Thank you for calling in, Jonathan. I recognize that voice. He calls in to Jason and Alexis, so he's he's not new to calling in, but that really was a great question, and I... That brings to mind um, a few years back when my mother-in-law got diagnosed with diabetes. And so she called me up and, and wanted to sit down and talk food when she got this diagnosis. And so we kind of went through her typical days eating and changed some things up. And very quickly, she was able to get her numbers back or not back, but into a low pre-diabetes range. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she's doing very well. But two major things that she changed, one per my suggestion and they they totally helped one was stop drinking a glass or two of wine every night so to you know to mm-hmm. jonathan's question that was really messing up her morning blood sugar because wine beer hard alcohol they all spike your blood sugar and put you on that roller coaster ride the other thing for my mother-in-law she had to give up her cold cereal with skim milk poured over the top <laughs> for breakfast i think we're going to talk about that uh, <laughs> She thought it was healthy. It was not. And that really helped, too, to get her blood sugars n- blood sugar numbers down. So great question, Jonathan. And I'm sure a lot of people had the same question. So glad we got that answered. And I want to talk a little bit about the blood sugar roller coaster ride that Carolyn and I have just been talking about as it relates to memory problems. If you're that person that's always scrambling to recall a name or a place or maybe you're having more serious memory problems, look at your blood sugar numbers. New research suggests that people with high blood sugar levels, even those that don't have diabetes, but if you're constantly hitting a high blood sugar several times a day, day after day, year after year, you may be at an increased risk of having memory problems. And Carolyn, I don't think you would mind sharing. You talked about your dad and the bucket of ice cream, and we can you know, lovingly laugh about it now, but he had memory problems. He had huge memory problems. I was just going to add that, that I didn't say that before, you know. But yeah, he had huge memory problems, but he had a sweet sweet tooth. tooth. Absolutely. He had to have his sweets pretty much after every meal. So yeah, there's a connection. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So we have been reading about prediabetes and diabetes research since well, 2008 and probably some of us way before that, right. <laughs> as we said, like I've been a dietitian <laughs> for over 30 years, so that. we've been talking about this for a long time. Uh, but people continue to eat that high sugar processed carbs and we continue to have increased levels of obesity in fact, I think I read this current statistics in Minnesota. I think our obesity rate went up again. I think I heard that too. This year. So, but it's not just obesity. It's that diabetes, which we've been talking about today, heart disease and cancer. So for those reasons, we say again, change your nutrition to change your blood sugar. But <laughs> we know that's a lot easier said than done. That's with, where the problem lies, yeah, right? People exactly. know it, they don't always do it. Yeah. So, 
it is um, really serious. So if, you know, we really want you to get serious about uh, about reducing your blood sugar numbers and getting out of that pre-diabetes range. I would say first and foremost, you've got to give up. What did we just say? That oatmeal, that cold cereal and that flavored low fat yogurt for breakfast. The hard truth is processed carbs and sugar raise your blood sugar numbers, right? So Cassie said earlier that good natural fats such as that butter, olive oil, nuts, avocados, olives, nut butters, uh, and coconut oil, though that's one of my favorites as well. Yes. They don't raise your blood sugar. Exactly. And I want to talk more about some other great foods that will balance your blood sugar instead of spike it. But one thing that I thought of, Carolyn, as you're talking about the healthy fats, and I'm thinking of Jonathan's question, if it is a special occasion and you're going to have a glass of wine or some type of alcohol, if you can eat some olives or some almonds or some healthy fat with mm-hmm, it definitely. to help stabilize the blood sugar instead of just spiking mm-hmm. it sky high, yeah, that's a thought too. So it's time for us to take our final break of the hour. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Carolyn and I'm Cassie. We're discussing how to reverse prediabetes. Before we go to commercial, I just want to share a couple thoughts that I had as I drove into the studio this morning. I realized that when it reaches a really hot temperature, like was it just last week when we had the 92, yes. 93 <laughs> degrees and really high humidity? On those days, most of us just want to stay inside our air-conditioned homes. But maybe you still want to learn more about eating real food for real health. So I want to recommend that if you do want to stick inside your house this summer in the air conditioning, you can still take our online classes Nutritional Weight and Wellness offers some great online classes. One that I highly recommend is our Nutrition for Weight Loss series. We are offering this at our different office locations beginning in July, but it's also available anytime online. And it's so much more than just about losing weight. We have countless evaluations from class participants over the years who have said that after taking the Nutrition for Weight Loss series, they have more energy, They report having better moods. They report having fewer aches and pains. And on that note, if you are someone suffering from pain and inflammation, we also have the online class titled Eating to Reduce Pain and Inflammation. And we also have my favorite class. I'll give a shameless plug. Going Gluten-Free the Healthy Way is online as well. These can all be found at weightandwellness.com. Once you get to that homepage, just click on Nutrition Classes, and from there, click on the word online, and you'll find these classes and other ones, and you can pick the topics that interest you the most. And stay with us. We'll be back. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, every week as we come towards the end of our show... Each co-host always begins to wonder, how many people did we really reach? As in, like, who actually plans to take this information to the next level and put it into practice? You know, by eating real food. Some people say it costs more to eat real food. But you know what? I really disagree. Junk food and processed food is expensive, but so many people are addicted to the junk food and that taste, you know, that they just love the taste. So they don't care how much it costs. 
and sugar and processed carbs are very, very addicting. So maybe a nutrition consultation might be the answer. And some insurance policies cover the cost of nutrition consultations for certain conditions. So check with your insurance company. But consider this, even if you didn't have insurance, you would still get your teeth fixed, right? And nutrition covers what? The entire body and your brain, your memory, your nerves, everything, including your teeth. Hmm. It sounds kind of like a no brainer to me, you know, and I always say to my clients, you know, you can spend your money buying good food now or you can spend it on drugs and medicine and hospital bills and clinic bills later. That said, I spend my money on buying the best food that I can buy now. So to set up an individual consultation, you can go to weightandwellness.com or call 651-699-3438 and get your personal questions answered. Well said, Carolyn. We have another caller. I think we should take that caller and then I have some great food ideas we, okay. can, we could share too. Great. So line one, we have Marcus. Marcus, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Yeah, thank you. I, say, I was wondering about, uh, you were talking about wine being bad for you before you, uh, as an evening snack or whatever. I'm wondering, are things like complex carbs okay, like uh, brown rice or uh, sweet potatoes, something like that? Absolutely. <laughs> if you add the healthy fat. Right, 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 Carolyn? right. If you add the healthy fat. So if you just eat a sweet potato or just eat brown rice, that falls into that carbohydrate category. Even though it's a complex carb, it's still going to take your blood sugar up, 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 up. But if you, for example, put butter, a lot of butter, <laughs> I've had that for a bedtime snack, half of a sweet potato and a lot of butter on top. That butter is that stabilizing piece that sort of grabs onto that blood sugar and and keeps it even keel. Is, is butter though? Is that anti? Is that inflammatory at all? Or no, not for most As people. If you have, you know, if you have a sensitivity, I know it would have to be a very strong sensitivity to dairy uh, oh. products, maybe a, a full blown allergy. Right. Um, then you know it, it could would do, be inflammatory. Then you could do some coconut oil instead, which mm-hmm. I know our our past colleague Kate loves that sweetness of the coconut oil. Melted on top of the mm-hmm. sweet potato. Or even olive oil. Or avocado, you know. I suppose. Or avocado. Absolutely. Avocado with a few uh, vegetables. <laughs> I put a little sriracha in my avocado yes. and yes. then use it kind of like a dip and mash it up. Perfect. And do a, a, a fast guacamole, I guess. <laughs> Got it. Oh, well, anything else besides, uh, is meat protein good before you go to bed? Or? You know, it's it's okay. Um I usually think of, okay, you got to get your meat throughout the day, and that's important because it gives us energy. It helps build our brain chemicals. But because it gives us energy, I typically shy away from it at that bedtime snack because now I'm trying to calm down and go to sleep. So at that bedtime snack, an hour or 30 minutes before you go to bed, you're really focusing on a real carbohydrate, so preferably a vegetable or a fruit, and then a healthy fat. Banana? Banana and peanut butter would be a great uh, bedtime snack. I would suggest half of a banana because bananas do turn to a lot of sugar when you compare them to the other fruits. Mm -hmm. But I just put a little saran wrap around that end and then have the other half the next night. So that's a great one. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for for listening. Yeah. Great question. 
You know, and on that note, talking about um, food ideas. So with Marcus, we were talking about some good bedtime snacks. And, you know, that's so important because as you talked about, Carolyn, on CARE 11 this past week when you were on TV, you most people need a good bedtime snack to help them sleep through the night. Right, right. It to keeps balance those, their blood sugars, yep. right? <laughs> and you'll sleep better and more soundly with that balanced blood sugar. But now let's go to the other end of the day, the start of the day, and talk about breakfast. One idea for a really great breakfast and a fast breakfast that will give you blood sugar control is three quarters, about three quarters of a cup of full fat cottage cheese. Top that with a half of a cup of fresh blueberries. And then I like to throw a handful of walnuts or almonds on top. You have your protein. Your blueberries are your healthy carb. The nuts are your healthy fat. It's quick. It's easy, mm, delicious. That's actually what I had for, before I came into the studio today. It, 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 that's a great one for mm-hmm. morning radio because yeah. it is so quick. You know, I realize that a lot of people have been told to eat the oatmeal with the skim milk for breakfast or the the Cheerios with the skim milk, it's wrong information. That's the best I can say. And it certainly is wrong for blood sugar control. Absolutely. So another really simple breakfast would be two hard-boiled eggs and half a cup of sliced strawberries and either a half of avocado or maybe even two tablespoons of heavy cream on those strawberries. Yum, yum, I yum. I love that. Mm-hmm. Again, quick and easy, delicious, and really good for that blood sugar control. Win, win, win. And for those of you that don't mind having leftovers from the night before for breakfast, that's actually my favorite thing to do. I feel the best, and I think it's because I get that good healthy dose of meat. So one of my favorite breakfasts is to have a leftover cup, or usually I'll have more like a cup and a half of our weight and wellness chili. Oh, I love that that. for breakfast. Mm -hmm. And it might sound weird to some people, but give it a try because I think you'll find that it tastes good and you feel so great that you'll want to try it again. So the chili, some people like to top it with black olives because it needs a little added fat to really balance your blood sugars. I'm not an olive person, so I put a couple of big dollops of full fat sour cream on that chili. And if you're looking for the recipe, you can find it on our website at weightandwellness.com or I get it out of our Weight and Wellness Cookbook, which is my favorite cookbook. If you're interested in purchasing that, it's available at any of our seven office locations. So let's move on now to some examples about lunch. If you are in the habit of grabbing like a sub sandwich for lunch, again, that's too much sugar and too many carbs. So some of you are thinking, oh my goodness, now what, what, what else could I eat? We really suggest that you cook at home and bring your lunch. Personally, I love a good steak salad with avocado and black olives or even a handful of nuts or seeds. And I am addicted to my olive oil and balsamic vinegar. Yes. Um, You know, I make that that one at home all the time. That sounds delicious. And we had more great ideas to share, but we'll have to save them for next time, Carolyn. Our goal at Nutritional Weight and Wellness is to help each and every person experience better health through eating real food. It's a simple message, but a powerful message. Eating real food is life-changing. Thank you for tuning in.